Welcome to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Proudly brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au Oh, hello. (laughs) (laughs) The perils of pushing the record button and the other person knows you've pushed it. You think you're in control. So there used to be a thing where you push the record button and they wouldn't know and you'd start and they'd look at you go, what's going on? I'm uh, all over it like a cheap suit. Well, I'm Magic Mirror, tell me today, uh, I'm looking and I can see you, Sarah, and I can see you, Kevin, because it's that kind of mirror. And I can see Neil Perry. Yes, so can I. And I can see Neil Perry's book and I love it. How beautiful. It is magnificent, I have to say. Magnificent. Neil Perry, chef extraordinaire, has put out a cookbook. He's put out a few. This one is called Everything I Love to Cook. His 10th book. It is his 10th book. And, my gosh, it covers the whole spectrum. The section on Sangers. Oh, Oh my goodness. Oh, here you go. King prawn, pickled cucumber and spicy rose mayonnaise sandwich. And you should see it. Oh, Uh, it's a beautiful book. It's full of beautiful pictures and magnificent accessible recipes. Well, what, what Food Bites is all about is achievable cooking. Yep. All these recipes are very yep. achievable. Let me just open up this. Uh, oh, here we oh. go. It's like a lottery. Oh. Oh. Stir-fried Page spicy octopus. Fifty-five. <laughs> Stir-fried Go and do another random spicy. one. Let's okay. see what else okay. you come up with. I'll flick up come the on, next here we go. Flick here we go. Up. Page 317. Black pepper beef. <gasps> oh, barbecue aged beef T-bone with... Chimichurri. Chimichurri. Oh. <laughs> okay. <laughs> While we I drill. I may be slightly distracted. <laughs> yeah, just slightly. <laughs> <laughs> but fortunately, we pre-recorded the interview. Uh, then we'll talk to Neil shortly. Um, oh, geez, that's a good book. Yeah. Cheese links. Oh, Oh, jeez. Oh, who hey, doesn't? Uh, that was very funny. Uh, the um, Sweet Dreams Are Made of This um, parody who, who on Facebook. Who am I to disagree? Yeah, that's it. That's very good. <laughs> Someone yeah. said that to us. That was Lee Harrison. Thank you very, very much. Yeah, that was very good. So we should Facebook. have that as our theme. Uh, cheeselinks.com.au. That's where you find out all about uh, what we talk about here sometimes. We talk about mm. the ingredients and the how-tos and the and uh, what you do and what you get and what you can make and all that. Just go to the website and That'll tell you. You two can make cheeses of the world. You can order your equipment via cheeselinks.com.au and you can get started on your cheese making journey in your very own kitchen. And the phone number, Kevin, is 03 if you're outside Melbourne, 52821984. Very good. Cheeselinks.com.au, all the social media You weren't holding well. that up in front of me or anything, were no, you? Not no, not at all. It's called an idiot sheet. Oh, <laughs> careful, careful. Sorry, it's called a cue card. Uh, this is called a great book. Mm. It's called Everything I Love to Cook and the man who's written it, you know very, very yeah. well. Neil Perry joins us now oh, on Food Bites. You're listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Hello, Neil. It's Kevin Hillier and Sarah Patterson from Food Bites. Hey, good going? morning. How are you? <laughs> well, thank you. Yourself? Uh, yeah, very well. We're starting training today, so we're going to actually get to open a restaurant next week. So oh, we're pretty excited. Oh, <clears> wow. It's very clear right from the outset, Neil, that uh, your mum, Margaret, has been a big influence on everything, not just this book, but your life, your career in general. Yeah, absolutely. Look, my both my parents were you know, very instrumental in me being uh, where I'm in hospitality, Dad, from a cooking standpoint, I pretty well documented that, um, that that really the way I cook and my attitude towards produce and so forth has really grown up from from you know being with my dad and doing the things that I've done with him. 
but what's not as clear is that, you know, mum was really quite instrumental in all the things that had to do with hospitality um, because she was really, you know, we had a very big extended family, lots of my cousins and nieces and stuff ended up living with us for periods of time as I grew up and she really sort of created that sense of giving hospitality generosity that the, that the care philosophy was built around, which is how I run my restaurant. Was she a good cook? Uh, she was a pretty good cook, yeah. <laughs> Dad was a sort of more adventurous cook. Dad was a really good cook. Um, and she was great. You know, she, she'd be doing the things like the roast chicken and the roast lamb and the pavlova and um, that sort of stuff. Uh, steak and kidney pie was one of her favourite, my favourite dishes of hers. Dad would be doing the kind of barbecues and curries and Chinese food and sort of really interesting things, but he, he, you know, we were always digging stuff out of the garden or grabbing, grabbing, um, grabbing, uh, you know, eggs from the, from the chickens in the aviary and, um, you know, so that, so all fishing and scaling and gutting fish, you know, by the riverside or the bayside. And that was sort of, you know, how I learned to sort of cook and cook with the seasons and understand, you know, produce so well. And was it around that time uh, where you were inspired to to follow the career path that you have as a result of, of your dad? Uh, I think when I sat down and wrote my first book, which was in 1994, Rock Paul, it helped me reflect a lot. I, I'd sort of I'd sort of ended up organically in the position that I, I, I'm in. I was just talking to somebody the other day about um, planned planned growth. And I was sort of saying that the reality of it is my life has just been very organic. So it's kind of changed and grown. I've opened restaurants. So I got involved with sponsors. I, you know, not planned these things, but these opportunities have, had come to me. So um, the same sort of thing happened when I reflected on it in 94. I kind of realized how important my dad had been to the way that I cooked and the way that I sort of lived my life and, um, and, and my mother too. So. So um, yeah, uh, but it did. But it sort of happened by chance. I I wanted to go travelling overseas, so I got a job as a waiter, um, and I sort of fell in love with hospitality from the first shift, really. And then I was a manager of restaurants, and then in '82 uh, I decided, you know, I was 26, uh, 25 at the time, really, and um, decided to follow my. Um, my sort of passion, I used to be crazy mad cook at home and doing crazy dinner parties out of all these wonderful French cookbooks, mm. but um, decided that uh, I should sort of pursue that professionally and, um, you know, spend a year cooking with some of the best chefs in the country and then um, was lucky enough to get a job at Baron Joey House in Palm Beach in sort of November 1982 and then uh, Leo Schofield wrote, wrote, wrote me up and um, gave me 17 out of, 20 along with, uh-huh. with reflections Peter Doyle and said the kids are star and then um, up, <laughs> you know from then on in I was sort of um, yeah I was I was kind of front and centre. 82 I'm just trying to do the maths in my head that's a long time to be uh, in Oh yeah yeah <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm about 110 don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> and with this particular cookbook Neil I mean you've just said it's obviously not your first one but this one looks like it's been a particular labour of love and what I love about it is that it um, is the simplicity factor. It breaks it down and to me it says that cooking doesn't have to be necessarily yeah, no. complicated. No, absolutely. And the, and the book is very much written um, from a home chef's perspective. I mean, when I 
when I cook at home, oh yes, of course I, 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 I cook with all the knowledge that I have as a professional chef, but I don't cook like I do in the restaurant. Um, also, having said that, my restaurants generally are very much reflective of, of, of just produce. I mean, great. Great cooking starts with great shopping. I mean, that's mm. the basic sort of premise upon which my whole, you know, cooking career has been based. So, so for me, when I do a, a recipe for a home chef, and I've been writing cookbooks and, and recipe columns for a long time, I, I don't really try and actually write it as if I'm trying to show off and be a restaurant cook. I try to write it to make sure that the person cooking can not only achieve that outcome, but hopefully understand a little bit more about, about what, why it worked well and, and what they were trying to achieve and why that combination um, is, is, you know, either a classic or delicious or whatever it might be. So, so through the book, I try to not just give recipes, but give people little, little gems that, that they can take into other parts of their cooking. So by the time they've cooked um, a number of recipes of mine, they're, they're hopefully a better cook and have better understanding. Mm. Yeah, you're not, not a technical uh, sort of person uh, per se. It's more about the feel, isn't it? I mean, and the, and the feel is, is what happens in your mouth more than anything else, isn't it, regardless whether you're Neil Perry or whether you're me? Yeah, 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 absolutely. It's what you like, right? So um, so you should be cooking for your own taste and you should cook, uh, you know, I suppose, you know, from a perspective of there's everyday meals and there's the way that you cook and then there's stuff that you love to do on weekends and then, there's things that you might like to cook when you have friends over, and but, but but basically, I think you just have to cook things that you love to eat because there's no point um, in cooking if you're not really enjoying it. So um, from 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 that perspective, I think home cooking is really about kind of you know nurturing and and uh, and loving your family and friends, and and it's a great place to gather around the dinner table. And and I, and I think after all this shit show that we're living in now. Um, is past. I hope people never ever take for granted um, again. Really, that that privilege that we have to to be together as human beings, to sort of um, socialise and uh, and be with our loved ones and family. And hopefully, this pandemic is you know it's been an absolute ball ache. But but the reality of it is, hopefully, we've learned some lessons out of that, and that's that. Friends and family are important, and it is a wonderful privilege to be able to to gather, um, socialise, and do what we do as humans. Yeah. I'm going to use that as my description for the pandemic now, Neil. Shit show and ball ache. I reckon that's pretty <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty yeah. apt description. But I was, on that particular topic, I mean, it's been 18 months. It's been bloody hard yards, and I guess in the hospitality industry in particular, it's um it's brought to to the surface how important it is to adapt to survive so where are you at and how how has it impacted you on the whole yeah well look it really crushed me i mean the the, the beginning of the pandemic was great because it it sort of made me bring um the rockpool foundation out and create hope delivery so an amazing charity that fed three hundred thousand people last year and we're up to about one hundred thirty thousand people um in sydney this year yeah, good um on. and that and that charity is going to grow and grow and grow we've got great plans for that um, so, so for that to be born out of the pandemic was really important. And then, of course, I sort of decided to open Margaret, my very first restaurant that I've owned by myself. I mean, my family owned it with me, of course. But, um, but uh, you know, to get to the point where we were just about to swing the doors open the day that we went into lockdown um, was heartbreaking. And I, I, you know, was really devastated because 
we had an incredible amount of bookings. It was about to be probably one of the best restaurant openings I'd ever done, and I've done a few good ones. Um, financially, I sort of just was in a really good space. I'd sort of planned it for the moment. And then, of course, um, you know, I had no revenue and all of a sudden I had no prospects. And for a couple of weeks, I actually was really, you know, woe, woe me and, you know, being really self-pity and pathetic, really. And um, but the, I sort of realized very quickly that it wasn't going to be a one or two week experience. So I knew that we had to do something. So we went to the Providors scenario and um, we uh, started doing box food. I could see there were a lot of people around. So I um, I started doing burgers at lunchtime, and, and it's actually kept all the staff stood up through the entire process. It's kept us working together and the team growing. And now we get to open. We're training this week to get our head back into hospitality, but um, but we're a team. You know, we've lived in this place for three and a half, four months, one hundred and two days, or whatever it is, and we've we've actually, um, you know, grown together and, and, and we really feel like we're ready to take on the world. So it's been really fantastic, albeit, you know, not ideal, but, um, you know, we've, we've made it through. And in, you know, in the meantime, I've sort of started a wine importing business and I'm just about to start a sort of uh, cooking, um, sort of cooking school via box deliveries of food thing. I did an amazing sort of three, three, um, Saturdays with Qantas Frequent Flyers, a thousand people each class, which was amazing through Instagram Live, and and um, so and I'm opening a really fantastic bakery with the guys Baker Blue from down in Melbourne, and and Mike and me used to work for me, or Mike did, sorry, and they're just brilliant human beings, and um, I've, I've just said about really pandemic proofing my my business, which is what we've all had to do. Sometimes it's, it's interesting, Neil, when these things happen, pandemics, <laughs> what have you, yes. um, that change our lives. Um, they, they change our lives for the better in a, in a way because had they not befallen us, we wouldn't have um, been forced to, uh, to think about new ideas. And so in that way, has it been a, a positive for you? Yeah. When I, I, I was at some conferences last year with uh, the Treasurer and Environment Minister, uh, Rob Stokeson, uh, Dominic Perrottet, who are just about to battle for the leadership yeah. of the Liberal Party, of Today, course. But yeah. um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, both 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 really decent human beings, actually, and um, and 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 really strong politicians. I mean, Gladys had a great team around her, and she was a, an amazing woman. You know, humility, patience, um, great leadership, um, and somebody who really, you know, I thought was helping New South Wales stay the course. But but going back to that, the, we we had a sort of a uh, you know, in, input on each table, and I was sitting with Rob Stokes, and I sort of said to him, I think it's really important that if this pandemic happened to us the way it has, that we actually end up with a better city because of it. Otherwise, it'll all be for nothing. And um, it was really nice. He sort of called that out as, as the sort of overarching statement that it felt came out of that conference. So to me, that's how I feel about it. It's happened to us. We can't change anything. We've kind of lost two years of our lives and sense of travel and family and all that sort of thing. But the one thing that we can do is sort of improve the way we interact together, improve the way the city works, improve the way um, we interact with entertainment and, and venues and um, retail and all the sorts of things that we uh, you know, kind of again, going back to that taking for granted and just mm. living life obliviously because it was always the way it was. So, um, 
I think that, you know, we have to make this a better city. We have to make our lives better. And um, it'd be brilliant if we all made a better world out of this. I mean, the money that we've been able to throw at, at, at the pandemic in the sense of, of what the world has spent on. I mean, we've ground economies to a halt. We've, you know, we've seen deficits in government that just are eye-watering. Um, and and clearly we've spent billions in research and what have you. And yet when somebody talks about climate change, they don't want to follow the science on that. So mm. I, I don't know. To me, to me, the amount of people that are going to die during a pandemic is quite minimal the amount of people are going to die through climate change. Mm. So um, I would love for us to come out the other side of this and start to see what the priorities are. And, 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 and having a cleaner, greener earth is certainly one of them. Yeah. From a personal point of view, has it changed your priorities? Um, I Yeah, I think from my perspective, it sort of made me feel like I wanted to slow down a little bit. I mean, I, I think that sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? Well, I'm just about to about five different <laughs> Especially but, today, yeah. But they all... But they all but they all interrelate to each other, and 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 basically, apart from the charity which is in the city, the the um, they they all all revolve around Double Bay. And I've sort of decided I really want, like, I don't think I'll open another restaurant. Let's say I might do some work with some people or a partnership in something that's interesting, but I, I you know would never take the full risk again like I have here. Not because it's a risk, but because I think I want to live here for a long period of my life. And, and be with my customers and my staff. I, you know, grew an empire where I was on a plane every week and I was in Perth or Melbourne or Sydney um, travelling with Qantas. And I still will travel with Qantas because, you know, we're still out there and doing, you know, important work with them. But um, I just have this feeling of, of wanting to be in one place and, uh, and, and, and wanting to make sure that I don't, you know, rush through my life and um, miss all the really important bits. Yeah, I guess yeah. another positive of the pandemic, Neil, is that it sent a lot of people into the kitchen who wouldn't normally spend a lot <laughs> yes. of time in the kitchen and experiment and so forth, which is a good time to be uh, looking through your cookbook. And, yeah, I, and I guess the opening pages, for me, are really relevant because you've said yourself, good cooking starts with good shopping. So yeah. what's the advice to people who wouldn't normally uh, be uh, be home chefs and they want to have a crack? Yeah. What, uh, what are some of the, the basics they should do? Uh, they should know. Well, I think if you're talking about produce, it's like supporting local, uh, you know, green grocers and farmers markets and small producers of, you know, chickens and pork and um, small uh, beef producers and butcher shops, not necessarily supermarkets. I'm not there's anything wrong with supermarkets, but it's a great place to get, you know, toilet paper and tin goods, but not necessarily to get beautiful fresh produce. So, so I think. Um, you know, building relationships with uh with with butchers and and you know you, your local greengrocer and all these people who spend a lot of time caring about um products and uh, where it comes from and the quality and I, and I think also you know I'd say you know buy buy less be very careful about wasting um but but buy better quality so so you know you don't have to eat um you know, half a kilo of of uh, of beef you know, every couple of days, you know, you could have that once a week and you can have beautiful fish and you can have some lamb or whatever and then you've got a lot of vegetables and I eat a lot of um, vegetarian dishes, not because they're vegetarian specifically, but because they're really delicious and it's a way of having a diet that for me 
um, isn't heavy in any particular area. I think, you know, I managed to sort of control my weight mm-hmm. most of my life, not by actually trying to control it, but by just eating a really healthy diet that's very focused on fresh produce, you know, I've hardly any processed food at all, nothing that's important. Um, so, so yeah, I think, you know, that, that, and then, and they're not wasting, making sure that you're utilizing and using things in your, in your fridge that go in um, and think about, think about, it's great fun to kind of think about uh, how you can utilize um, leftovers and stuff. And, you know, food that you throw out is sort of, you know, is, is, is not great on a couple of fronts. Mm. I mean, one is the waste, which, and it took a lot to grow it, <clears throat> to fish it, to farm it. Uh, two, when it goes in the landfill, it actually rots, so it turns into methane, which is about four times worse than carbon. So um, people don't realise that, but, you know, if you're not composting, um, you, you really should be doing, you know, either composting or or, or trying not to waste um, fresh produce because mm. the reality of it is, yeah, it's not great for the environment on, on two fronts, the growing part and the and the methane part, and then um, always making sure that you're kind of respectful of food because it's going to get more and more expensive as we go forward in the world. So um, we want to pay the proper amount of reverence to it. Yeah, and, and is looking after the planet and looking after our children's future, I guess, too, um, is that heavily based around having a plant-based diet where, where possible? Uh, I don't think you have to have necessarily a plant-based diet, but I think it has to be heavily focused towards um, plant, uh, mm. so small amounts of protein, you know, high quality, well farmed, humanely treated, or sustainably fished seafood. Those are all important things to be part of your diet. But certainly, having look, you know, I'm involved with a, a company called V2 at the moment, where we're doing um, some plant based uh, meat programs. So you know, plant based beef, plant based pork. Um, just working on lamb at the moment, which I'm having some great outcomes with. And that's because we kind of recognize that humans are sort of hot-wired for, for the taste of meat. And so to expect everybody in the world to become vegan is a bit crazy. Yeah. And I, Well, not crazy. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great thought. But Unrealistic. It's just not going to happen. Yeah. Unrealistic, <laughs> yeah. So trying to get this kind of plant-based meat, um, even cellular meat, I mean, it sounds a bit soil and green, really, mm. but... But the reality of it is probably in 20 years' time when they discover, you know, they're doing it now and they're growing it and it's costing an absolute fortune to do it. But but one day it'll be cheap and, the, and, and they'll get the structure and flavour into it. And so we'll have, you know, we'll have cellular-grown meat, we'll have plant-based uh, meat, we'll have obviously, you know, meat and, and, and fish. And, um, and and then we'll have, a, a, a you know, a, a decent amount of plant-based in our diet. So... It'll be great for the planet. You know, we'll have cities with vertical gardens, hopefully. So there'll be a lot of vertical gardens in the city mm. that will be able to produce without creating massive miles, um, nutritional food, you know, lettuce, herbs, all those sorts of things grow really well. Um, berries, they, they grow really well in, 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 um, in vertical garden situations. And so you can have roof gardens and you can have, um, you know, beehives and you can have all the sorts of things that bring a city to life. And I think what will happen is we'll find a combination of all those things and that will be a, a great way forward. But we need our political leaders to grow some, you know, balls basically and yeah. make some decisions and and do what they're supposed to do, which is lead us out of things, mm-hmm. not, not, you know, fight and scrap and carry on. So um, 
I, I hope, you know, we get great leadership and great consensus worldwide that we just have to lift the world out of the situation that it's currently in. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, Neil, uh, congratulations on the book. Do you, do you have a, a menu for the new restaurant or do we just bring the book and order a page number? <laughs> no, I've got a menu and I believe oh, we're talking to our designer at the moment to turn it into uh, something on, on the website rather than a sort of a holding page with, we're sorry we're closed for COVID, but swing by for a burger. So um, uh, it, it, it's going to be something um, uh, that'll be up this week. So, yeah. No, right. good, anyway, luck with, good, good luck with the rest of it. I'm sure, I'm sure it'll be a massive success. This is a terrific book. I've just rebadged it and changed it from everything I love to cook to everything I love to eat. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic, mate. Great, great to chat to you guys. You too, Neil. Thank good you. Good you. Neil. Thanks. You are listening to Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier, brought to you by Cheese Links, bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. Cheeselinks.com.au uh, all right, going to do another, uh, ra- <laughs> oh, another, another random, lo- random one. Another random one. Yep, I'll, go, I'll yep. go early. I'll go early. Okay, oh, okay. so I won't so go too go. thick. It's a massively big. You've got a couple beautiful. of pages in. Yep. Okay, so oh, oh, hang on. That's, you've that's, got the, the, the planner. Oh, I tell you what. There's a mm. few things in his uh, in his notes there. We didn't get a chance to talk about. He talks about cooking with pepper. Oh, how, yeah. And how you shouldn't. And you know that Neil Perry is a huge fan of um, really good extra virgin olive oil in yes. the cooking. Yep. Oh, hang on. Oh, look, oh. curried egg sandwich. <laughs> of all the things for you to flip to, Kevin, your, your favourite of the home book. Neil! What were you thinking? What was this ago? doing in here? The one page I pulled to, and it's the one I... It's no, a beautiful no book. I couldn't come... Oh, but he's... Oh, the world's best salad roll, pimped. <laughs> it oh, is pimped look indeed. At that. All right, Kevin, Kevin, Kevin. Crispy... Oh, no, tuna. I don't like tuna. Right. Oh, fried prawn. Oh, oh, look at the toasty. A cracking cheese toasty. Oh. <laughs> a Jimmy Barnes favourite, I believe, oh. after a gig. Hmm. And Jimmy Barnes and Jane Barnes coming up yes. on Food Bites. But okay. Yeah. Okay, the Thanks, Friday Neil. food poll. Thank you, Neil. We went savoury again. Well, we went veggie-like this week. Fennel. What do you reckon of fennel, um, Kevin? Nice, uh, rich, aniseedy flavour. Can't say I'm a very licorice kind of person, so I'm, I'm a bit of a nay. I am in my drinking days. I love doozo. Oh, oh, yuck. Oh, Jeez, did I like Oh, Uzo? makers of the worst hangovers uh, in the world. Yeah. Oh, yeah, rocket fuel that was. Yep. Let's uh, see. Who likes fennel? Mm-hmm. A big bulb of fennel. You start. Here go. In a salami, absolutely. I see no other use for it, though. Anthony Barker says, love it. Sam Newman <laughs> says, what are they? No, we'll get to that, Sam. Trust me. Brent Thompson Give it a big tick. Brent Thompson was an award-winning jockey. He won four W.S. Cox plates, I believe, on Dulcify, and he rode for the Colin Hay stable. He did. He did. (laughs) I was a big fan of Brent Thompson. And he's a very good friend of Anne Peacock who writes, yes, just started using fennel in salads. It's wonderful. I'm a bit chuffed that Brent Thompson <laughs> responded to yeah, our food well. poll. Here we go. Fed goes uh, great with seafood in broth. Bull's wool. <laughs> I haven't heard oh, anyone call that in a long time. Well, it used to be one of my favourite expressions, bull's wool. Uh, yay. Hayden Quinn, hey, our hey. friend Hayden. Yay all day. Add it to the start of your bolognese. Victory, victory hand. hand, which is a when you when you um, cut and paste stuff off Twitter. If someone's put a an emoji or a mm-hmm. sun, it actually tells you what it is. So it's a victory <gasps> hand. So it's I'm like glad a, you explained that. I had yeah. no idea. Uh, Darren purchase. Yes, Darren purchase says yay. Joanna Griggs. 
She says 100% shaved, raw, baked in a stir fry. I love fennel so much and Joe is a cracking cook as we know. Garth Cooley says definitely a good source of dietary oh. fibre and vitamin C oh. has virtually no fat and very few kilojoules. Oh. Made it tonight. It's delicious. And actually, Garth sent through a recipe of it's uh, fennel. fennel, lemon and prawn risotto. Pretty, that would be pretty good. I liked all that nutritional information. Mm. I might have to revisit yeah. the humble fennel. Alan says nay. Jane Barnes says yes. Leonie Kay, yay, if it's in the right recipe. Kathy Vicious says definitely not. Not. <laughs> Joe says yay. Glenn Rodder, don't know if I've eaten it or not, so I'll say nay and yay, Pato. Might have to get a bit yeah, adventurous. me too, Glenn. Nicola Walsh, it smells like aniseed. Don't ever plant it. You'll never get rid of it. Oh, okay. Sue Hosking says nay from me. I'm not an aniseed mm. fan at all. I'm you have to be to like family. Yeah, I'm with you, Sue. Lena Masiti, oh, yes. Muriel Cooper, the author and broadcaster, says yay. Silvana, that's a yes from me. Sharon says nay. Bart Shaw, that's a yes from me, roasted or in a salad. Terry Daniel from uh, one of the... Two double D. That's the one, says no thanks. Nice manners, Terry. (laughs) Artie Stevens from Radio Bayside. It is one of those odd veggies, but it does work well in pork sausages. Someone told us about... Remember someone Mm. was talking to me about sausages on the podcast a few weeks back and said... Yes, about... Pork and I know who it was. It was Gary Ayres. It was too, pork and fennel sausages. Rebecca Ann Kane says, not a fan, but I don't really like aniseed flavour. Sue Landry... Yeah, nah. <laughs> Wayne says, Wayne. not a lot, but uh, there. Right, every succinct. one of these, every one of these, is well worth it. It takes a lot for me to be lost for words. <laughs> That's true. But the colostomy bag oh. of the vegetable world oh. you have served up this week is giving me a nervous twitch as I think of how to answer this. I might never <laughs> recover from this trauma. This bloated gourd of gag-inducing sadness, not that easy to say, uh, is just about the worst thing the culinary world has to offer. It tastes so bad I would want to chew some coriander to get the taste out of my mouth. Wow. Well, that's saying something that if you're prepared to go that far. That is saying a lot. <laughs> it's saying an awful lot. I'd say, what, was it more yays than nay? Uh, it was yay, but only but just. But only just. Only just. And thanks for your comments and a lot we didn't get to, mm. uh, but we appreciate them on uh, Instagram, Twitter and on Facebook. And we appreciate you giving us your time, Neil Perry. That was a great chat. Great to know what you know. Oh, here, Kevin's doing the random opening of the book again. Okay, what's he got? Oh, oh look go at them. On. Veal schnitzel with cabbage and parmesan salad. Oh. <laughs> and we're having schnitzels tonight, but they're nothing oh. else like Neil Perry's, I've got to say that. <laughs> Cheeselinks.com.au. Go to the website. Yep. That'll tell you everything you need to know. It's even got the phone number there, which is 52821984. Yep. All the details, everything. Organise a gift know. voucher for Christmas. Great idea. Great idea. Uh, yeah, we've done Father's Day, so Christmas is the next one. Pop isn't it, it in the card, easy. Exactly right. Job's right. Everything I love to cook is the name of the Neil Perry book. Get a copy of it. It is an absolute ripper. Until the next time, when and everything Stephen... I love in the room is we... right here. Is it... <laughs> Do you like microphone stands and? Have I had a wine yet tonight? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Maybe it's uh, time for anyway, wine. Anyway, wine. Uh, on <laughs> the next food bites, Stephen Curry. Oh, gosh. Starring in a new Australian drama series on the Paramount streaming service called Spreadsheet, and we'll talk to him about that and about uh, his little cooking things because, of course, he was famous for uh, the... Oh, the, 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 the castle. The castle. Dale what do you Kerrigan. Call, what do you call this one, Dale? <laughs> <laughs> I'm, we're the calibre of our guests. It just... It's through the roof. We call it the Stephen Curry, and we'll talk to you it's when we It's world domination. Next. 
Thanks for listening to Food Bites. Check out our Facebook page and Twitter for recipes, tips and all the latest news. That's Food Bites with Sarah Patterson and Kevin Hillier. Brought to you by Cheese Links. Bringing cheese and yogurt making to your kitchen. All you need to know at cheeselinks.com.au.